0: Well, Merry Christmas. I thought we'd start our time off together with a prayer. This is a written prayer from the Book of Common Prayers. And uh, let me just pray for us. Almighty God, You have been given, and You have given Your begotten Son to take our nature upon Him and to be born this day of a pure virgin. Grant that we who have been born again and made your children by adoption and grace may daily be renewed by your holy spirit through our lord jesus christ to whom with you and the same spirit be honor and glory now and forever amen amen love that sometimes we pray freestyle right but uh i've been going through this book it's uh an Advent devotional, and there's been some prayers in there, and I've just been, like, really enjoying these written prayers, and so I wanted to share that with you. Um, I know it's Christmas. I know you're expecting a Christmas message. Um, We're a bit of a different church, if you haven't figured that out, so we're going to kind of preach a Christmas message. Um, Open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1. You're like, what? (laughs) Um, Yeah, Ephesians chapter 1. That's where we're going to be. We've been studying uh, doctrine. We've studied the doctrine of God the Father. We studied the doctrine of Jesus Christ, our Lord, last last week. And uh, today we're going to study the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Right? And knowing who God is defines who I am. So I want you to have a right view of yourself this Christmas. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to pick up where we left off and we're going to keep rolling that way. We're going to study the Holy Spirit, our promise. The promise is kind of like a gift. Have you ever told somebody, I promise? Well, if you kept that promise, that was a gift to them, right? But if you broke that promise, then there were probably some consequences, right? Yeah? But God doesn't break his promises. That's the cool thing. God does not break his promises. And he says in his word, the promise we have is the Holy Spirit. That's the seal. That's the guarantee. Now, you're in uh, Ephesians 1, but I've turned to Matthew 1 because I do at least want to give you the Christmas story and the Holy Spirit's right there. So let me just read it for you like you're around the circle by your Christmas tree. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, engaged, we would say, to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly, He saves us from our sins. He goes on to say this, which is so, so important. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. We just sang about that. Which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took his wife But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. He obeyed, right? This phrase, God with us, right? When Jesus came to earth, God incarnate, the incarnation we talked about that last week with Jesus, our Lord, was on earth with us. And when he left... He sent, right, the Holy Spirit as a gift and a promise so that God is still with us. Today, God is here. He's here. And He's here in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray in your heart, in your life, inside of you, indwelling you, filling you. But if not, then you can be assured That he's here around you and wants to enter you, wants to come in you, even today. Back to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to pick up, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing for lack of time. We're trying to have a bit of a shorter service. But I'm going to read starting in verse 11. If you're there, say you're there. Good. All right. A bunch of you there. Um, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. In him, that's Jesus Christ, we have obtained an inheritance. That means someday we're going to receive something. Right? That's good. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him, that's God the Father, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. See, God made the plan to send Jesus Christ. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Who were the first to hope in Christ? They have a name, a nationality, the Jews, right? But this is written to the Gentiles in Ephesus. And so he goes on and says something really cool. In him, that's Jesus. That's how he started verse 11. He started verse 13 with it. In him, you also, right? So Gentiles also, so hey, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I also, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we all acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. See, one day, you're going to actually open the gift, but for now, it's there. It's sealed. Any kids feel like that's happening right now? It's like, I see the gift under the tree, and I want to open it so bad. My wife let me open this one last night, and then I repacked it for this illustration. How about that? It was this shirt. I'm so giddy, right? And... Sorry, kids, if you haven't opened one yet. I'm a big kid. All right, so, but here's the thing. There's a present under the tree, right? The tree is the cross, right? And the present is Jesus Christ. And all you do is open it, right? And you're like, yeah, I want to open that. Great, great. Open that today, right? But in our illustration, you don't get to open it until eternity, right? The Holy Spirit is the wrapping paper, right? It doesn't come off until you get to heaven. Like, man, that's a long time to wait. I know, we're like an instant gratification people. We want it now. But let me just say to you, when you get to heaven, that's the biggest Christmas you've ever had. Because you will see Jesus Christ face to face. That will be... Amazing. Whose, bl- whose plan was it to give you the gift? God the Father, right? And so it, would you say he wrote the name on the gift then? Yeah. When did he write the name on the gift exactly? Now this is getting really good, isn't it? See, he didn't write it on the, you know, my wife wrote to Steve from Kimberly probably like two days ago, right? Right? And, and then and then I opened it last night. But but God the Father, before he ever created, wrote your name on the gift. See, this is what we've been studying, isn't it? God the Father wrote your name. He foreknew. He elected you at the beginning before he, anything happened. And he wrote the label. And Jesus Christ is the gift. And the Holy Spirit is the wrapping paper. All right? You get it? I just figured I'd use that illustration since we're at Christmas. Um... It's not perfect, trust me, but it's a good illustration of what's happening. And in verse 13, you see it. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. See, we are blessed to know our future. You're blessed to know what's coming. You know what the present holds. You can open the present one day in eternity, and you've already been told because of the Word of God what it is. It's Jesus. It's relationship. It's what we started uh, studied last week. We're blessed to know our future through the promised Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you um, four things here. The Holy Spirit is my. Here's the first thing. The Holy Spirit is my hope of salvation. He's my hope of salvation. I know God the Father has a part in salvation. I know that Jesus Christ has a part in salvation. But apart from the Holy Spirit, you, 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 right here, you would not know Jesus or God. The Holy Spirit wrote, okay, breathed out the gospel, the the Bible. Um, Apart from him, we have no hope. It says that uh, down here, and Paul prayed that in verse 17. He says that God... Of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give you a gift, right? Right here, this gift. May give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, that you might even know God at all or receive Christ at all, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. So the Holy Spirit's the hope of our salvation. Now, if you have any hope of experiencing salvation today, three things need to happen. And they're right here in verse 13. In him, you also, when you, what is that? When you what? When you heard, right? Have you ever heard the gospel? If you were here last week, you heard the gospel. If you were here the week before, you heard the gospel. But if you've never been here before, let me tell you the gospel. God created this world. He created it perfect, Adam and Eve. They chose to sin. That's what's cool about God. He gave us a choice. We're not robots, right? We have a free will. The sovereignty of God and the free will of man, well, that's a discussion that can go on forever. Those two things, I said it two weeks ago, only intersect in the mind of God. We're not smart enough. We can't understand it. We trust God there, okay? But it was perfect. Then sin entered the world. Sin separates us from God. We were all born with sin. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. If you have kids, you know that's true. <laughs> I wasn't there when my mom had to put up with me. I mean, I don't remember being so evil. But I'm pretty sure when I'm hanging out with my kids, I'm like, man, they're like me. Yeah, that, that sin got passed down, right? That's exactly, that came from you. Sin gets passed on through the parents to the kid. They're a little sinner the minute they were born, and so are you, all right? Sin is the issue. But there's a remedy. There's a rescue, right? There's a redeemer. We call that salvation. When somebody gets pulled out of the pool of sin and set out here on the beach, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah. Basking in the glory of God. Yes, on the beach, right? But I got pulled from the waves of sin. How? Through Jesus Christ, the sacrifice for sin. He paid the penalty, right? The penalty had to be paid. It wasn't like God was just like, eh, I changed my mind. No penalty needed. No, there needed to be a penalty. A perfect Lamb, a perfect Savior, Jesus Christ, paid the sin debt for you. Him for you. And if you accept that is true, what I've just outlined for you, and you repent of your sin and ask Jesus for the payment that he's already paid, you will be saved. That's the gospel. Have you ever heard that before? You're like, dude, you just wasted two minutes of my time. I heard that before. But if you know Jesus Christ, you're like, that was the best two minutes of the message because it just reminded me how blessed I am. If you've never heard that before, you've heard it now. And that's the first thing. The hope of salvation is hearing. Second thing, the word of truth, that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. That's Jesus. Believed in Jesus. Have you ever believed in Jesus? That's the second thing, right? Because hearing is one thing. Believing is another, right? I heard it, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it, I don't believe it. I won't believe it unless I see it, Thomas said. Remember I read that passage last, last week and then Jesus showed up and he was like, my Lord, my God. Well, now you've heard that. Do you believe it? See, believing is this other part and that's the hope of salvation is that you'll believe. And if you won't believe, then you won't have the gift that's required. Hearing, believing, and then this next thing, and this is what the Holy Spirit is really engaged in, and that is, read it there in verse 13. We're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You hear it, you believe it, and when you believe it, you're sealed. You're sealed. Sealed. Sealed looks like this. On the screen, we're going to have a seal. There it is. Boom. See that seal? Can you open that letter? Do you have the authority to open that letter? Was it written to you? Whose seal is that? A seal. A seal has security. Like they sealed the tomb that Jesus was in? They sealed it. They said nobody can enter, nobody can leave. Yeah, that was good for a couple of days. But this seal wasn't trying to hold Jesus in the grave. This seal is sealing your salvation. And it is security and ownership. You are now a son or daughter of the king. And his seal is placed on your life. Some great, great, great illustrations here. Um, they would have known what this meant in Ephesus because they would have known it more as a brand, right? If 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 you were somebody's, you would get branded, right? If you were a slave, or it, that's sad. But if 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 somebody owned that property, like timber. They would brand it, and then they would send somebody back with the brand to say, "I claim this stuff." And uh, so it, tattoo that's a little bit more <laughs> of our culture. Like if you were tattooed, it, OK, no. Um, birthmark, right? I have a birthmark. I've had it since I was born. It's on my toe? I'm not going to show it to you right now but that's a seal, right? I've had it ever since I was born. It's not going away. It's just part of who I am. And the Holy Spirit does that for you when you're saved. He seals you. He says you're a son or a daughter of Christ, a son or daughter of the King, and you are sealed. The Holy Spirit is my hope of salvation. Here's the second thing. You see it in verse 14. The Holy Spirit is my eternal security. Eternal security. So, read it there in verse 14. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? The Holy Spirit is. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory? So, this is guarantee. This is earnest money. Um, so, if you bought a house lately, you had to lay down some money, correct? And that money gets laid down and it basically says a, a couple things, Right? Anybody engaged? This is probably a better illustration. Anybody engaged? Come on now. Man, in a church this young, nobody's engaged. See, if they're that age, they, they left to go be with mom and dad. Okay? so Just saying. Just saying. Okay. Anybody have an engagement ring on? I know a lot of ladies just keep wearing it. Awesome. Bree. Engagement ring. So hold it up. All right. That's what it looks like. I'll show it on the screen. Bam. Just like that. Okay? All right. That's it right there. Okay, so an engagement ring is just like this deposit, right? So I'm assuming that your husband gave you this ring and it was a kind of a down payment, right? It's like, hey, 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 we're gonna be together, right? And so and so there's this down payment to seal the deal, right? But but then there's also this, right? There's this obligation to buy. Right? He didn't buy you. Just just be clear. But but in the, in the illustration, like, there's this obligation. I am going to do it. I'm going to show up at the wedding. Good job showing up, Kyle. All right? That was a wise move. Okay? I'm going to show up at the wedding. I'm going to be there. Okay? Obligation to buy. And then, and then, this last thing, okay? It's a sample of what is to come. So it's a sample of what is to come. So you know what? Your thing with the Holy Spirit right now, Jay, is pretty cool. Right? He's filling you. He's empowering you and all that but it is nothing like what's coming in heaven, right? It's nothing like that. And so the guarantee is like, hey, I put some money down in a house. That's great, but I'm not living in the house, right? I, I put a ring on her finger. That's great, but I don't, you know, get to enjoy my wife fully yet. But one day, right? One day in eternity, right? It is gonna be awesome, And we are eternally secure because of the Holy Spirit. Now, because of that security, a lot of people just go on sinning, right? And I just want to say this. If you continue to sin that grace may abound, right? Romans 6, God forbid. And you want to say, well, why? Why? I mean, if we have the seal, if we have the Holy Spirit, he's like, bam, like I can do whatever I want, I know where I'm going right? I mean, some people think that. There's two verses I want to share with you that'll be on the screen. Uh, Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. In the context, one of the ways that you grieve the Holy Spirit is with your words. I know this is a busy season, it gets busy and then my words get sharp right because it's so busy and so how guys how gals have you talked to your spouse this week have you talked to your kids this week how has that gone have you grieved the holy spirit with your words how you've spoken to one another what you've said about each other what you've said to one another do not grieve the spirit right? And then secondly, in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, it says, do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit, okay? So that, if right now you're like, could we just go home? You're trying to douse the fire of the flame of the Holy Spirit, right? Because the Holy Spirit's here and he's trying to say some things to you. He's trying to like, hey, I want to open your eyes to something right now. Maybe it's the fact that you need to repent because you quenched him, right? And, And he's like, don't quench the Spirit. Don't stop listening to the Holy Spirit. He has some things to say in his word, and he wants to get it to you. So even though we have eternal security, right, in the Holy Spirit, let's not grieve the Holy Spirit with our words. Let's not quench the Holy Spirit by not listening and trying to douse the fire that's trying to come into our lives. Those are good things. The best way forward is to read and obey the word of truth from the spirit of truth, okay? So here's the third thing. The Holy Spirit is my personal support. I don't even want to tell you what I think of when I hear the word personal support. I'm just like, really? He's like my jock? Like, that's weird, right? Hey, that's, just, that's just weird, right? Now it's just, He's my spandex, right? Like, or whatever. Like, what, what do you guys wear now? I don't play sports anymore. Right? The Holy Spirit is your personal support. He holds you together. Okay? He's comforting you. He's advocating for you. Where do I see that? Well, here in Ephesians chapter 1, it says that we have this promise, right? The sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Can you tell me where he was promised? Where is the Holy Spirit promised? You're going to want to know this. John 14 through 16. Okay? So turn over to John 14 through 16. I'm going to read all of it. Just kidding. John 14 through 16. I thought I would get at least a rise out of some kid. Really, Dad? No, not really. Um, if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, and I can't tell you everything that you need to know about him, if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, John 14, 15, and 16, great place to go, okay? Just read these. This is like the best teaching from Jesus on the Holy Spirit, what he's going to do, and then that kind of, you can get color on the rest of it from the, the, all, the rest of the New Testament. But let me just read a few verses here. Um, Jesus speaking About the Holy Spirit, about leaving and going back to the Father, about dying. Look at uh, chapter fourteen, verse fifteen. Chapter fourteen, verse fifteen. If you love me, do you love Jesus? Anybody love Jesus in the house today? Yes. I love Jesus. I'm just going to tell you that. I'm not shy about that. Okay, because He loved me first, right? I'm loving Him back today. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father. Remember where Jesus is right now? Talked about this last week. He's at the right hand of the Father. What is he doing? Interceding for you. One of the things he's asking the Father, right here it is. I will ask the Father and he will give you a gift, right? He's going to give you another helper. So Jesus has been their helper, but now he's going to send another helper, advocate, counselor, to be with you. What's the next word? Forever. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! This is forever. I mean, this is a seal that can't be broken. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The indwelling Holy Spirit. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Bam! That's so good. That supports me right now. It's personal support. It's personal personal to those that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He's praying to the Father to give you the Spirit. The moment you accept Him, the seal is put on you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Like, I don't feel Him. I don't see Him. Then you might be quenching or grieving the Holy Spirit. You should feel Him. You should see Him, right? It's like the wind. It's invisible, right? That's what it says in John 3. The wind blows where it wants But you see the effects of the wind. You'll see the effects of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? The gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're going to see these things in your life. Keep going. Chapter 14, verse 23. 14, verse 23. Right after he was asked by Judas, not Iscariot, how will you manifest yourself? He says in verse 23, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, how are you going to to manifest yourself? He comes back to this. If anybody loves me, he will keep my word. Well, how are you going to manifest yourself? If anybody loves me, he will keep my word. How are you going to manifest yourself? If anybody loves me, he will keep my word. Why are we in the word so much today? Can't we just say a few fluffy words and go home? How is Jesus manifesting himself today? In the word, through the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if, if you keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home in him. My heart, Christ's home. How is Christ in me? Through the Holy Spirit. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. Do you know what Jesus said this before he ever died? He said what was going to happen before he ever died, right? He said he was going to die. He said he was going to raise. He said he was going to send the Holy Spirit, which he's done. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So the Holy Spirit's going to teach you more things about the, the Lord from the word and he's going to bring to mind everything that he's already taught you. That's why verses like, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you are so important because when the word's in my heart, the Holy Spirit brings it back. I shouldn't do that. I'm not going to. I wish it was that easy. No, he brings it back and then I go, well, maybe I want to obey the word. Maybe I don't. I don't know. And you get in that battle, don't you? Can we be honest? And then you choose who you will serve and you either grieve and quench the Holy Spirit or you obey and the Holy Spirit fills you more. Just think about that. He's your personal support. Um, Flip over to chapter 15, verse uh, 26. Chapter 15, verse 26 says, But when the Helper comes, that's the Holy Spirit, whom I will send you from the Father. Who's sending him? The Holy Spirit. Who's sending him? Is God the Father or God the Son? It said it both ways. It said God the Father's doing it. It said God the Son's doing it. You know, it is three in one, right? It's crazy. They're both sending him. They agree together. The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He will tell you about Jesus. All right, and then this, chapter 16, verse 7. Look over at chapter 16, verse 7, real quick. Verse 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Why is it to your advantage? Because Jesus, right, when he was on the earth, was in one place, Right? But now he's at the right hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit's like going nuts on earth. Right? I mean, he's all over the place. Not just in Jerusalem. Doesn't have to walk down. Okay? He's in you. He'll fill you. He'll use you. He's supporting you personally. What an advantage. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. I hope that's not you. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. I've paid the penalty. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judge. Satan is already a defeated enemy. Bam! Bam! I still have many things to say to you. Well, say them to us, Jesus. Wouldn't you, if you were there, wouldn't you be like, say them to us, Jesus. Say them to us. Wouldn't you do that? I'd be like, you want, you want to say some more things? Go ahead, I'm all ears, right? But he says this, when the spirit of truth comes, who wrote the whole rest of the New Testament, right? When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you all the things that are to come. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said to you, he, the Holy Spirit, will take what is mine, and he, the Holy Spirit, will declare it to you. Are you listening? He, the Holy Spirit, will bear witness, will guide you, will teach you, will call to remembrance what you've already heard and learned. He will declare it to you. There's something there, though. Are you listening? Jesus said, I'll send this Holy Spirit, this helper, to help you But what's required of us then? We have a response. We have all the support we need, all the counsel, all the advocacy that we could want. Are we listening? And what's the best way to listen? Read the word, right? So I'm on it again. These are our Bible reading plans. We want you to read the New Testament every year. And we want you to read the Old Testament every three years. We're on year two You'll get one next week if you come to church. You're getting one of these, right, in your hands to start reading. And we believe that the Holy Spirit will speak to you through the word of God. He wrote it, he breathed it out, and he will speak to you through the word of God. Man, so much more I want to say to you. I'm running out of time. John, chapter 20 says this. Jesus came to them, right? And he said, here's my hand, here's my feet, here's my side. Like, look at it. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. This is John 20, verse 20. They were glad when they saw the Lord. And then this, 21. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So he's sending the Holy Spirit to us. And he's sending us with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's going to be the next point. But just catch this first quick. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. That's weird. I don't know if that's weird to you. It's like, did he have bad breath? I mean, he was in the tomb for three days, man. It's like, give me gravy. Right, I'm, I'm fooling around. All right. Like glorified body, His breath probably smelt like a baby's breath, right? You ever smelled that? That's like the most precious smell ever, right? He breathed on them, and he said to them, "Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to throw a couple verses on the screen, Genesis two seven, because I, I was studying this this week and I thought this was really interesting. Breathed, okay? So Genesis 2 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and what? Breathe. Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living creature. Did he breathe oxygen into me? What did he breathe into me? The Holy Spirit, right? The life giving spirit apart from which i mean god says that he holds us together right and then adam and eve sinned and what they died right but he lived to like 900 or something like that so what it he died are you lying to me no he died spiritually that breath that got breathed into him it's gone no spirit, right? Just flesh. That's sad. And that's how I was born. But Jesus breathed back into us the spirit, the Holy Spirit. We have now real life, real life. Not just air, real life. But I want to I give you another passage about breathing, right? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Because it says breathe here. All, spirit, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God, the woman of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. I gotta tell you something. You wanna write, I mean vacation's the worst time to read the Bible, is it not? You're out of your routine, you're not getting up in the morning at five o'clock, you're not reading by six, you're not, you're like, who does that? "Eh, Maybe only me, I don't know, whatever. But like, you have a routine, I don't know what your routine is, maybe you read it at night because it's easier, right? But when you're doing vacation, isn't it true? Like the Bible kind of stays on the shelf for a week and then you're like, I'll get it next week. But I want to tell you, It's so important, right? Carry this with you. This is life and breath to you. This is the spirit inside of you, right? When you memorize this, you have some ammo. He'll bring it to remembrance. He'll help you when you need help. If you can't memorize it, carry it. So that you know what you have to know when you need to know it. Just carry it with you until you have it down the holy spirit is a force and it comes through the word of god and it comes through jesus and, and the father sending him to us all right now last point the holy spirit is my power to speak i just got to say this to you really quick um I'd love to go to Acts 1 and Acts 2, but I'm not going to because of time. You can read Acts 1 and Acts 2 today, and, um, and you can get the rest of the message that way, okay? Acts 1 and Acts 2, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then the next chapter, in chapter 2, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes like a mighty rushing wind. There's, t- there's fire, you know, it's just crazy. Uh, you go read it, right? And they speak in languages they've never spoken. People are hearing them clearly, hearing the gospel. God is, through the Holy Spirit, breaking all barriers, right? And he says to them, anyone who will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then they come to him at the end of the chapter and they say, we're cut to the heart, Euryptus, right? Right? And we want to know what to do. And he says these words. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. For the remission of sins. And you will receive the Holy Spirit. A couple verses later it says. And those that received him were baptized. And they were added to the church 3,000. The Holy Spirit is the power to speak. And I know that you're going to go to Christmas with other relatives that may not know Jesus Christ. You're going to want to speak powerfully, lovingly. The Holy Spirit never speaks in a way that isn't loving. You know it's not the Holy Spirit if you're not loving people. But he's the power to speak. He's the power to open up your mouth and share what's happened. Let me just say it this way real quick and then we'll be done. The Holy Spirit is given by God the Father and Jesus Christ and he is the power to speak, right? I'll say it this way. He's my reason to share. Do you know why you're gonna share? The Holy Spirit, because he might be doing something in their heart and life and he might open up their eyes and you might see some fruit right there. He's the reason to share. He's the words to say. The Holy Spirit's gonna give you the right words to say at the right time. And he's the power to speak, Right? He's going to give you the confidence, the boldness you need to say, Jesus, Lord. Let me say it again. He's my reason to share. He's the words to say, and he's the power to speak. That's what the Holy Spirit is in our life. Take him with you today and share him, okay, with your relatives and neighbors and friends, whoever you come into contact with this Christmas. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful for the Holy Spirit. We could take days, weeks, years to talk about the gifts, the baptism, the the fruit of the Spirit, all of the power that it entails. But God, we're here today and now we're listening and we're asking, what are you telling us to do, Holy Spirit, right now? Do I need to repent of sin? I'll do it willingly and gladly. Jesus has done so much for me. Do I need to receive you, Holy Spirit? Maybe today for the first time or just another filling up by the obedience. How do I need to respond? Do I need to read the Word? Or maybe I just need to obey the Word I've already read. God, would you show us? Jesus, pray for us. Holy Spirit, speak to us so we might know how to live, how to act, who to be. All for your honor and glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.